It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to another week of They Came to Play. It was actually bar three games, which, you know, they've really disappointed us all. An absolutely wonderful weekend of footy. There were so many close games, not necessarily a lot of upsets, but a lot of close games that kept us feeling like the footy gods may fall in our favour. And isn't that the what keeps us going every single week? Uh, my name's Tess Armstrong. I am extremely smug today because, of course, my beloved Tigers got up over my uh, friend, Danny McGinley's Western Bulldogs. Has he turned up to the pod? Only time will tell. Danny, are you there? I don't know what footy gods you're <laughs> praying to, but... That's one of the worst weekends of footy I've ever seen. I think I can only imagine that you've sacrificed some sort of goat. Uh, <laughs> you've drawn a pentagram in the middle of Punt Road Oval, and uh, it's just an absolute disgrace. Hi, Tess. Hi, Danny. Lots of love to you. I'm thinking of you. And obviously, I'm just praying to like better gods. Anyway, whatever. Uh, we'll get oh, to I've that got, now. We'll get to that. I've got opinions. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> anyway, but we couldn't do it without a friend to talk about the football with. And considering the swings and roundabouts that this fan has had to go through this week with her M and her W teams, just absolutely polar opposites, I thought, what a better time to get my beloved friend and Dee's and Tigers fan, Rana Hussein, to come and pod with us. Hello, Rana. Hello. I feel like if the pre-pod chat group is anything to go by, I will be running interference. I am umpiring today, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. I, can I just give a little background? I like Usually we set up a pod group with whoever's going to be on this week, and so I thought, well, I'm a professional, and so I'll set up a pod group between Danny and Rana and myself. I said... <laughs> One thing. I don't even know. I said one nice thing about Richmond and it's the next time I looked, it said Danny McGinley has left the group. I don't need this. It was... I don't need this slander. This but... oh, <laughs> okay. comedy fest is on because it was good comedic timing. I laughed and I thought, well, I don't know how to actually plan the pod now, but I don't <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Lucky I turned up. I just assumed it was cancelled to be oh, honest. No. It was a tense moment. I was like Okay. Well, after the Bulldogs lost the men's grand final, I did walk out on the episode 20 minutes in. So yep. uh, let's let's see how I go here. Yeah, I thought, uh, well, here we go again. That was so funny. I was just listening to that that day and I'm like, that was so funny. <laughs> I thought you'd come back when you never did. Anywho, before we get on to the men's games, which were excellent, there was a grand final on the weekend, the AFLW grand final. I, I may or may not have said last week on our predictions pod that, I could see no world where Adelaide would lose and that world came true and tragic. I mean, it was sad because I felt flat despite the fact that I had no emotional investment really. I don't barrack for either of those teams, but you're always kind of barracking for the under, the under D. And so I kind of thought, oh, bugger. But those crows, they're bloody good. Rana, uh, your Ds just couldn't get it done. How do you feel? I don't, I feel a bit numb because I think it was so, it, doesn't it feel like the grand final just came around so quickly? Mm-hmm. The date changed, so I don't feel like we got all the hoopla going in. So it just was a weird grand final for me anyway. And so then when it finished the way it did, and, of course, like I also tipped the Adelaide Crows, but I sort of tipped them. I mean, my brain told me that they would win, but I also hoped that I could trick the footy gods yep, by on, live on radio saying that they would win and then that would mean that hopefully the Ds would win. But, no, it was very weird. I mean, it was decisive from Adelaide. But I have to say when because my the way I judge what's about to happen in a game of footy, especially in the finals, is I watch their faces during the national anthem. And that tells me everything because in 2017, the Adelaide Crows in the M um, looked really odd in their like mighty stance. Mm. I don't know if you remember, (laughs) just the kind of broad-shouldered stance (laughs) and steely stare. Do I ever? 
um, and the tags were comfortable and smiling and they stormed home. This time the Ds looked a little bit uh, overwhelmed to me. They were taking in big deep breaths and trying to take in the moment but you could see that kind of glimmer in their eyes that they were nervous and I feel like we saw that in the first half. They were just timid I thought. Did they yeah. do the arms around each other, Rana? Because that's for me is the death knell of, of a men's grand final side. Oh. I've, I've thought this ever since 1997 when the Saints put their arms around each other, but the Crows didn't. And at the time, I thought, "Oh, look, look, got on the Saints. They're they're a big team. You know, that's a great team." And then they lost. And I've noticed any team that puts the arms around tends to lose. Not the Tigers. What did you do? The arms around? We always yeah. do arms around every time. They every can't time. Not Richmond have to ruin another thing. Here <laughs> we go. What else you got? <laughs> well, to... I've got. I've got a list. No, I'm kidding. We'll get to that. But yeah, I agree, Rana. They came out very timid. I felt like um, last week the Crows when they played Frio. I really thought no one's beating this team because Frio did match up really well against the uh, against the mm-hmm. Crows and even Frio who are strong and confident and uh, and fit as fit as hell didn't look they look they looked so small compared to the Crows they are so strong over here they are so strong in the contest they've got people they've got just the whole ground covered with experience I just thought in that first quarter ah oh, hey no, 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 no. And I feel like Crows always play with a team, like play with their mm. food, right? Like they're just they're doing as much as they need to do at the time to get the win. And I even felt like, you know, if the if the Demons got a goal, the Crows would get two. Like, you yeah. know, there was never that feeling where you thought they're actually gonna they're gonna break through. No, well they have an incredible system too. Like that their defensive mm. that just impenetrable wall is, you know, you can't get anything by them. I think for the Crows now, annoyingly, they're at the annoying point of dynasty now, like where we can all absolutely hate them. Can I ask the two of you? So the the web the you know AFLW article is like okay, officially they're in a they've claimed their first dynasty. Yeah. What is it technically a dynasty? Because in my opinion, a dynasty is just like you know like hereditary birth like in you know whatever but like you know there's generations of goodness but to claim a first official dynasty I'm like hang on what does that mean is there like a number yeah three three, why three is flags a number? dynasty three flags is a dynasty and I'm only saying that because I've also just written an article saying that and <laughs> oh, I will admit that it was a very hard article to write oh, because cruel. there's nothing else to say about Adelaide except that they're good and it was really frustrating. <laughs> I yeah. just, I was like, yeah, they're just, they're very good. Mm. They've won a lot of premierships, and I, that's all I have to say about that. That yeah, was. I, got, I was very disappointed that the um that that the crows, you know, not that they won. Full credit to them, but I was really hoping for a bit of drama. Mm. And uh, as Erin Phillips lifted the cup. She just ripped off her crows jumper, and there was a Port Adelaide jumper. <laughs> that, wouldn't that have been awesome? Wouldn't that have just turned and she becomes the ultimate villain yep. of AFLW? I, it's quite fascinating. Rana, do you think she'll go? I think she will. I think she's won three flags with Adelaide and now she can go to Port Adelaide and build her own thing. Um, it, there's the familial kind of pull there as mm. well for her with their dad having played there. I think she'll relish the chance to start something of her own. Somewhere else. That would just like South Australia would just blow up into a million pieces. Like the whole state will just blow up. And it's going to be so juicy and good because we haven't actually in the M had a lot of, had a big name crossover for a while. And so no. I feel hugely excited about this. And it will be, you know, there's a lot of chat about the fact that the Crows have been the only team up until this point in AFLW who have not had another team in their state. So they haven't been competing for talent um, within their own state. The Crows have just had it. Had every had the pick of everyone. If people want to stay at home, they can stay and play for the Crows. And so next year with Port, well, this year with Port coming into the next competition, um, we'll see. I think there'll be some good juice, and like then it will be interesting to see how dominant the Crows still are. I really hope she does, and I wish she had done it in Danny McGinley's descriptor yeah. because I think AFLW needs more villains. Yeah, I think same. we've played very nice for very long now, yes. and I think sport is so good when you've got a villain. You absolutely, I'll say this about the Big Bash and WBBL as well. Yeah. We need more villains. And AFLM doesn't really have many villains at the moment either. 
Yeah, that's right. Are you, like Toby have Green. you forgotten the existence of, yes, Toby Green? Yes, uh, the entire demon side. Yes, uh, just <laughs> Richmond existing. Hawthorne, <laughs> Sam Mitchell, the ultimate villain is coaching. I mean, Hawthorne will always be a villain to me. Totally. totally. Not be I go for both Richmond and Melbourne, so that's maybe why I've not realised that I it's me. I'm the villain. You're the villain. Rana is the villain of AFLM and AFLW. What a controversial <laughs> thing that's come out of this pod already, early days. Well, anyway. Hey, can I, uh, before we finish up on AFLW, I, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, misogynists, a lot of dickheads on social media say that the AFLW lacks legitimacy. Can I just put the final nail in the coffin of AFLW's illegitimacy? Ladies, do you think it's time that we had a night grand final. <laughs> oh, no. We need to have the tedious discussions about both genders. <laughs> oh, both, I mean, both codes, both I, whatever the right term is. Apologies weirdly, if I'm offended I, anyone. I actually said that to someone because <laughs> I was like, no one's going to turn up to this grand final because community sport is on. Mm. It's going to be very hard for people to get there during the day. Yep. It should be at night. It should have been twilight because then we should have should have been one men's game to, that everyone can ignore, you know, uh, swans and roos. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, if you check the footy scores. There. And then, you know, you get home from whatever activity you're doing during yeah. the day and you go, oh, wait, wait, oh there's no game till, till no. Oh, hang on, the women's grand final's on. Check the other app. Bang. Yeah. Then you watch it. Yeah. Look, there is a lot of argument. Uh, Julia Kira, who we do our other pod with, the Out of Sanctum, had a great idea for the women's season where she essentially said it should be like, you know, the Big Bash uh, fixture where there's footy on every night. Mm. Um, and so you just get this massive exposure therapy where everybody's seeing the players all the time. You get to know the villains. You get to know the heroes. You get to know the stories. It's at night time. It's different from the M. So there's a, just it sets it apart as being different. Um, but then in my footy soul, I can never agree to a nighttime grand final because I feel like that's giving ground to the men's grand final, which I don't think should be. But for context, you know, like all community sport finishes and starts to do with the men's grand final. I mean, they, they, for the entire season, community sport around the country is set up so that it, there is no community sport on grand final day off for the men. And, like, also, I believe I had this rant on this podcast two weeks ago, <laughs> but shut up about crowd sizes. It's uh, the middle of a pandemic. Just because the media yeah. is bored of it and has decided it's not a thing anymore doesn't mean it's not a thing anymore. There is all of the games are down in crowd sizes. Just leave it alone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean the AFLW is going to have to, like, not exist anymore because there were less people than there than there were a couple of years ago. Like, just who cares? Just let it go. Crowd sizes and I don't ever want to hear make the ground smaller as well. (laughs) (laughs) There might even be merit in it. I just don't want to hear about it. I'm I'm just bored. I just go, come on, dudes, just let it go. Um, Just have and also get to know the sport so well so that there's more insightful and interesting concepts to talk about after the grand final for example expansion and Adelaide that would be an interesting conversation to have heard um are they so good because there's no other team all of those things but I'm not getting that nuanced conversation in mainstream footy media I'm just getting oh what are that many people there okay all right (laughs) cool story anyway so that was the AFLW for the season it is very very weird to think that there's going to be AFLW 6.0 at the start of 2022, and then AFLW 7.0 Ugh. at the end of 2022. So is that is that locked in? Are we when no. are we starting? No, they were they were. Um, as this will come as a shock to you, but they said that everyone would know what was happening before grand final, and of course they forgot about it because the men started playing and they haven't told anybody when the next season begins. Yeah. And so we had to deal with people like Daisy saying, "Oh, you know, I don't know what I'll be doing because I am certain that it makes a difference to older players whether they'll be playing in." August or whether they'll be playing next year. And so a whole lot of people are making decisions. You know, if you, Danny, for example, they say to you, uh, Sydney call and said, we want to we want to recruit you, mm-hmm. you need to know whether you're going to be moving interstate and setting up your entire new life in three months or in six months. It's actually quite a big deal. But, yeah, yeah. they don't know. It's, it's great. Uh, and, al- and also, Rana, you've been quite active in leading the charge for the AFLW season to be moved and a lot of people have supported you. Have you had much argument against you? Uh, all the time, just not on that issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but on this issue because I, I want to fight you on it. I, I, oh, I want to keep it in summer. Me. 
Yes, tell me. For a very simple reason, there is nothing better than going to Witten Oval on a sunny Sunday afternoon, sinking cold beers, watching with the kids running around on bouncy castles, eating hot chips. It is my favourite summer activity. And you want to move that to August? Are you mad, woman? I know, I know. Look, I do think there has been a very lovely vibe about AFLW in the summer. It's been wonderful for me, particularly particularly because it's given me something to do on a weekend when I had absolutely nothing to do. No, for me, it's all about the cricket, actually. <laughs> oh, pff, cricket. Yeah. What? what? You, does it get in the way, the AFLW? No. You can't watch two sports at once? It's no. very, very hard to in a summer where that's meant to be all about beach cricket and backyard cricket and watching cricket on the tally. For there to be a whole women's footy season, I just, I'm actually more grumpy at the AFL for wanting to own the whole year. Like the, mm. just the obnoxiousness of that really gets to me. I know that's good business, but oh, it kills me. I want them to stay in their lane. No, I also, as an A-League fan, I'm, mm. I'm used to having to, you know, diversify my sports folio over summer. <laughs> I think it's a pace question, though. Like, if mm. you're a cricket fan and a cricket over summer, it's a, it's a very slow pace, and I find it actually quite stressful having, like, short, sharp footy games in the middle of it all. I'm like, no, 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 cricket's on the radio. I'm doing a puzzle. I'm pottering in and out. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'll go to the tally because it's on delay, so once I hear it on the radio, I can walk into the TV. I can see the wicket. Like, I've got there's – a, there's a pace that doesn't exist for football because football is fast-paced, winter, I've got nothing to do, I'm staying inside, I want to watch every single game. Yeah. I just don't feel like that with AFLW. And, like, I feel like as well the I, – I would just – I think about football almost all the time, right? There's hardly anything else I think about. And even I get sick of football when it's 12 months a year. Like, I just am like, I need a break. I need to miss you guys. I need to – I need to forget who's in the teams, which I love to do. Like I watch North Melbourne and I'm like, who are you? You know, I love that every year. They're like, go away for a few months and then come back into my life so that by the middle of the season I'm excited again. Uh, I think the main issue, Rana, is uh, the thing we got to remember about Tess Armstrong. She lives in Ballarat for a reason. As soon as the Celsius goes over (laughs) 13, she can't function. It's actually true. So it's too hot for little Tess to do, wow. I don't know. Bring me a Slurpee. Well, that's it's the thing. So I, true. It's very hot in the summer <laughs> is the best sentence I've ever said. It's very hot. It's very astute from me, but it's too hot for footy. It's hot too enough hot. for cricket. I'll, I'll admit the, the players, it's probably bad for them, but I'm going to be selfish on this one. I want to drink beer, eat chips, and watch AFLW in the sun. No, just watch the cricket. You'll be fine. No, I don't even like cricket. If you love drinking beer in the sun, there's already stuff for you that exists. There's tennis and cricket. I feel like we can work that out. I think give give us five minutes and we can help you make sure that you maintain your your summer schedule. Also, you know a real hint that they were never intending to leave football in the summer is that they never worked on good summer merch. They never did board shorts in your footy team's colours. Yeah. They never did hats, like big wide-brim hats that are black and yellow, which I totally would have eaten up. Like my bank account would have absolutely been destroyed if they'd ever worked on winter merch. But they didn't. They still did jumpers, hats, scarves. That is yeah. winter stuff. So you're, they were never you're... intending Tess is keen for a, a good Richmond bikini. That's what she's going to be sporting. <laughs> I do. Wow. We I'm did so do um, Richmond uh, chapstick at one point, <laughs> which is really weird. Hang on. Uh, so what? You you wipe it on your lips and they go yellow and black? No, just the outside branding, but just the so that, like hold up a little chapstick at the foot. Yeah, girls, well done. Yay. <laughs> Really good for TV. They really picked that <laughs> right up. for TV. But, like, of all the summer products you could do. Chapstick. <laughs> like you could even do zinc, you know, that's yellow and black zinc or something. Like, chapstick, I could have done that myself. I could have coloured yeah. it in with the textures and the Sharpie. Yeah, it was not great oh, from God. us. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. Well, on that note, let's say goodbye to winter, to summer AFLW and bring on spring AFLW, which is a good transition period for the likes of Danny and yeah. me because I'm still okay in spring. It's just that I, I stop functioning around November and I don't come back until March. So this <laughs> works well for me. Now let's move on to the men's. Now, oh, my God, I said on the pod last week how I've been watching Drive to Survive, uh, the Formula <laughs> One show, 
and about how. You said how this on was... the Patreon. You might be confusing oh, oh, our free to air so, yeah. listeners. Sorry, free to air listeners. I've been watching Drive to Survive. Please do um, tweet me about it because I just want to talk about it all the time. And I was saying how annoyed I was that it was footy on Thursday night because it meant that I wouldn't be able to watch Drive to Survive. And then I watched like. 25 minutes of this game and was like, oh, I'm not actually legally bound to continue <laughs> watching this game. I can just go and watch Formula One show. So I did, which was really controversial. I've changed as a person, but I'm sorry. Port Adelaide, what on earth is happening there? I know your D's are good, Rana, and you can just absolutely go for it. But no, what is going on? she can't on? go for it. We're bored of the D's. Well... <laughs> She cannot be bored. That's made that I almost threw my non-existent drink. Then <laughs> you cannot. Thank God it's Ramadan. We're safe. I'm safe. Exactly. I'm safe from the rage of Rana Hussein and her. And her really food got me. I just want to say the D's have languished for decades in irrelevance. So now that we are finally here, you have to give us, and we won a premiership. In a COVID year. Mm. An asterisk year, you're right. You're right. <laughs> nothing. I totally. <laughs> the last two premierships that. mean nothing. In fact, the last three. <laughs> nothing since West Coast 2018 has meant anything. 2017, we need, baby. Damn it. <laughs> we need a couple of years of getting used to the idea that we're good because, frankly, I still don't understand how why we're good. But we are. But no, it was very boring. I can tell you why you're good. You tanked for half a decade, and you took all the draft picks. You cheated. You brought the system. Well. It's it's not. It was an ugly part of our history, and we are bigger and better now. <laughs> just go straight Literally, into yep. footy. Footy speak. Go oh. on, Tess. No, 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 no. I just like obviously very good. I did say before, Danny said, you know, there's not not a lot of violence, but for some reason. A lot of the Melbourne players, like you've got Ben Brown, who's like an angel on earth, right, just like the most beloved person. But then there's Clayton Oliver, who despite being excellent at football, just seems to me like a villain. Like I just can't quite yeah. get around get around him as a as a person. But I think it's because he's been so good even when he was young and the team wasn't good. So he was so confident that he was eventually going to be the best player. I always found that quite annoying. And now it's fulfilled. His destiny is fulfilled. They're unbelievable. Like they're an unbelievable yeah. outfit. They aren't like I, I am wondering how I still like them because they are <laughs> young and annoying. Like that's the, <laughs> that's uh-huh. their fun. So you're running, you're getting it now. <laughs> so I still love them because I can't get rid of that part as much as I even maybe want to. It's all there, mm. but I do think that it's it's hard to like them. Like even when they even last year when everybody kind of got around them, you could tell that people were like, oh, are we really going to do this? Do we? It's just a team of private school boys. Yeah. It strikes me as them like you know how Bulldogs and Richmond probably copied and then Collingwood copied and the thing to be at the time was to be humble, right, and, like, to not be confident and, like, they're like, oh, you know, we're just here, we're just here, we're just having fun, we're just like little kids having fun. And that was all of our philosophy for a little while. And Melbourne never had that. They were like, no, we're here to, like, F S up and we're here to, like, get stuck in and just, like, they were so cocky, so confident, and it's worked out so well for them. But <laughs> despite the fact that that is, like, a very natural sport um, attitude, it just, like, is quite confronting when people are like, no, no, we're really confident and we're going to be great. I was like, where's the humble stuff? But anyway, yeah. they don't need to be. They're good. They don't need it. Well, it's but- also very confronting when it's, like, largely a group of young white yeah. men, rich yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, should, they should recruit you, Rana. They should bring you in for diversity. <laughs> You put you in at the back pocket. I always feel like I'm post-fandom now because I'm so critical of everyone all the time. I can't be a fan anymore. I think I'm just post-football. It is hard. It is weird the way that your membership drive is hashtag we're entitled to this. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) We deserve this, guys. Um, Yeah. Hashtag about time. (laughs) I will say on the confidence thing, there is an element of that that I think is steeped in the tanking years mm. and a lot of kind of culture where they just accepted that they were losers. Yep, and totally. so the the confidence and the bravado I actually think is okay in that context because they kind of need that at the moment. They need well, they to redefine it to rewrite their story. You're right because their story was. Um, 
losers. And then all of a sudden last year you could tell from the outset they just did not believe that anymore. They were like, no, no, that's not our story, which is amazing. You know, your club needs definitely to rewrite its own history. Um, And as much as Danny and I will carry on about it like pork chops, it's amazing for footy because it means that all the other teams that are losers could actually look at Melbourne and think they actually were the biggest losers <laughs> and now they're the best and most confident ridiculous team mm. that is amazing for footy because it makes us all believe that that could happen to us tell me though we can love petrarca right don't nah. take petrarca <laughs> easily, <laughs> easily hate him easily hate him <laughs> no what a what a hideous man <laughs> he's, I think he's like... an amazing footballer i feel nothing about petrarca as a person i just think he's a great footballer i don't and know I much about him? him as a person no. but i only know of, of, of him and that he's delightful because he is friends with one of my bosses ben simmons mm. and is apparently quite just a lovely genuine guy so i this is all Hang on, you work for ben simmons the, the yes. basketballer yes i do some work consulting work for ben simmons <laughs> and his foundation <laughs> oh on his foundation not yes on that. not How on do we do yourself <laughs> oh no wonder you're going for melbourne and you're horrible individuals you work at ben simmons just got the entire city of philadelphia turning on him i know oh look Oh, we'll have to talk off mic, mm. but I, I'm right. very proud of Ben. But, right. um, should... Oh, speaking of Ben, sorry, I don't remember to, to. I just want to point out the the one note I had about this. Remember when you looked at the fixture and you thought Port D's that is going to be awesome, yep. that is going to be absolutely awesome. And then it, you know, even we knew going in this was going to be terrible. It was like when they finally announced that Batman and Superman would be in the same movie, in a movie <laughs> called Batman versus Superman. You're like, brilliant! Hey, who's playing Batman? Ben Affleck. What? <laughs> Yeah, this was unbelievably flat. And like Port Adelaide on the show, Rana, we often give out a depressometer and the teams are vying for it. They're desperate for it, the fan bases, because they go, no, we're the most depressed. There could not be a more depressed team than Port Adelaide. They have been so disappointing from where they were to where they are now. There's obviously more going on in inside the four walls because they don't really have, they, they have the team. They've got the Brownlow medalists. They've got that team. <laughs> they have been so successful for so many years and so almost there that it feels absolutely bizarre to the, for this to be. I know what story. they need to do. I got a, okay. I got a solution right there. Love it, Aaron Phillips. <laughs> Bring her into the men's side. Oh my god! That's how you solve this. Though. Love it. That's actually yes, a solution. I know. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm an ideas man. Like it's- they, yep. It also kills me that they have such a great pre-game for their fans. Yeah. That <laughs> how they how how dare they not perform after that after 100%. that show like, before the game. Oh, totally. And like they like they've lost four. They're 18th on the ladder. Like in any world, did you expect for this? To yeah. Be what think, what actually happened with them? Like. Did they have COVID and we just didn't know about it? Are they? I mean, who knows? Who knows? I've always felt like there's a bit of tension, like they haven't got a um, – there's always been a bit of tension between Koshi and Ken and I mm. feel like that never helps, like when mm. the president has been – or the CEO has been so – president has been so chairman. outspoken. Chairman. I don't know. Ki- chairman. Kosh. Um, <laughs> anyway, but the, the people above that speak to the media have been so outspoken about, oh, you know, we'll just wait and see to see if he gets to keep his job. I always feel like that's never a helpful um, story. And for all Mm. of our teams that have been successful in the last couple of years, it has been when the president and the CEO have outspokenly supported their coach and, like, made that Uh, person feel like they're the person. uh, It's a good theory test, but Hawthorne ruins it. Once again, (laughs) Hawthorne ruins this. (sighs) Bennett and Clarko weren't really besties. (sighs) That's so true. Yeah, bloody Hawthorne. They're always doing this anyway. So yep. I just don't know. And, like, they do well, have the injuries. exception that proves the rule, I think. Is Dersma that important? Like, I know he's a good young player, but, like, it doesn't feel as though they have they are lacking their, their core team. And it might be a footy tragedy. Maybe this will be the moment, right, where they turn it around. They might win the flag. Who knows? And change all of history. But, like... <sighs> Who knows? I just I go, what's happening inside that club that doesn't feel like it's a, a, a solid unit? There's a really ugly side of me that uh, gets very upset when elite teams don't perform because I feel <laughs> like this is what I do. This is I look forward to sitting down and watching you play. Jesus, totally. Don't tell your boss that. He's going to be... <laughs> 
Uh, Don't look at his stats, Rana. He'll be, look, in a year's time, you'll be eating your words, Danny McGinley. Probably. (laughs) I want him to win. I want my dream with Ben Simmons. I want to go to whatever game, whatever team he's playing for, Mm. and I want to go wearing a Melbourne Tigers number 25 single dressed as his dad, Dave Simmons, (laughs) legend. Absolutely. Definitely. I think that's so true, Rana. Like part of the disappointment on Friday night was like Thursday night was like, no, hang on, we're all here to watch you two take good teams, play well, and for me to forget about my um, my life for 10 seconds. And you forced me to go and watch a Formula One show <laughs> on Netflix and question who I am as a person. And I felt disproportionately annoyed about that. Also because when people bag AFLW, they often say like, oh, you know, it's low scoring, da 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 They're not paid. They're doctors and physios and nurses and truck drivers and they're trying to play on their in their spare time and Port Adelaide this is all you do so I'm sorry but where are your mm. goals let's talk about that for a second now nah, let's not let's but, not let's talk about the better game Friday night. Oh, this was a cracker this but, was a real missed opportunity for AFL in Queensland because <laughs> my cousins who are all uh, Brisbane natives Bri- Bri- Broncos fans and uh, in the WhatsApp group of cousins, they one of them uh, was saying, actually, you know, Broncos lost badly. They were ahead at halftime against the Sydney Roosters, I think, and the Roosters overran them. And uh, one of the cousins actually said, I've actually turned over to the AFL lines and looking really good. And they all turned over. And they oh. were genuine. There was a lot of banter and I was helping them out going, you've got to keep your eye on number 23, Charlie Cameron. He's your best player, most exciting thing. And then they choked. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Devastating like, night for Brisbane. I feel like the ten point differential is like Cadinia Park, right? That's the difference. Like they, like I feel like the Lions were in it really the whole time, and that Mixay was amazing. Danaher was up and about. It was so exciting. I loved it. But the Cats at home, very tough ask um, to actually beat them. And the Cats, with the assistance of those construction workers over the over the fence, <laughs> they got them over the line. Like having your fans that up close and personal that they're just delivering the ball to you. I feel like you know. How could you overcome that? Now, I have to ask because I was at the mosque for our Ramadan rituals. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to watch this live and I did, full disclosure, watch it at KO Mini. Oh, yeah, but I love it, it in real time, was it very thrilling? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did feel as though like – that period of time where I think it was the most in 30 years where it was goal for goal, mm. it was just goal, 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 goal. It was awesome. Like unreal. It felt so exhilarating and you didn't know which way it was going to end. And I really didn't think until the last couple of minutes that, um, oh, the cats are going to do the cat stuff. Um, but they were just, it was awesome. I loved it. It was a cracker. Yep. What is Look. with the cats? Like, oh, <laughs> that's all. That's my question. <laughs> no, you know she raises great? a good point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they just said it better myself. don't go away. I kind of just want them to go away for a little bit. Go have you know, a break, I feel guys. Like the, distant, the difference is this year is Eddie Betts has gone to work for the Cats and one big issue for the Cats in the last, like, however many years has been a lack of exciting football. They have not been mm. playing a fast attacking style. And all of a sudden we had Tyson Stengel, former Richmond, our former Richmond boy, playing with Eddie, who he's very close with, and kicking mm. amazing freakish goals down forward and creating opportunities that I haven't seen anyone do for Geelong in ages. And I was like, oh, you've unlocked a little extra thing in your game that you've also happened to have two of the best full forwards um, in the competition and also now you're playing fast attacking football, annoying uh, for non-Geelong people because it feels like, oh, they've, they've unlocked that. Mm. Also annoying for Geelong is that, Paddy Dangerfield's just not a big game player, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure, that's true. A bit harsh. But that's maybe he'll so unlock this. Yeah, it's a, true. In a grand final. He's, but what if he unlocked disappears. that this year? Wouldn't that be He may well. well that would be shit. <laughs> Got it. You gotta love this. He's won two Brownlows, one of the great all time great. Ah, no, no good. Runner's written him off. No, no, he's an exceptional player. This is Hussein's hand grenade. New segment. All I'm saying is he goes missing on a big day. He goes missing. All right. That's Rana's. Prove me wrong. Rana's rifle. I've got Armstrong's arrow still to come and Danny's dart. hasn't been revealed yet either. Look out, world. All right, so that was really good on Saturday night. Now, Saturday we talked about the grand final and then we had what was an unexpected 
excellent game between um, North Melbourne and Sydney. I really thought I was going to get some me time during this period of time where I wasn't <laughs> going to be watching football. And those jerks just sucked me right in because North Melbourne, I thought, right, they got absolutely flogged the week before. Awesome, awesome effort by them on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where uh, Zebel was put down forward, which is always good, and he just like, handballed over his head straight into the arms of Kane Turner and they kicked like a super exciting goal. And I thought, oh, oh, you have players. Oh, my God, you can do things. And it was quite exciting. But Sydney, Isaac Heaney, I know he is talked about as being a great player, but I don't think he's talked about as being the the level of player that he is. He's a freak. I I can tell you why. I've I've also made notes on Isaac Heaney. Uh, (laughs) I think he's, he's misbranding himself. Uh, is this Danny Start? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Danny Start. Bang. So Isaac Heaney. Listen, pal, this is what you're doing wrong. Isaac Heaney is, there's a thing in um, acting called uh, branding, and it's not about your online social media or anything like that. It's are you c- c- pl- going for the roles that are right for your look? Like I am mm. a, you know, bald-headed, bearded, scary-looking, Nazi, anti-vaxxer-looking guy. I shouldn't be going for the role of, um, you know, uh, Ned Dalai Flanders. Lama. Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the worst role I could possibly go for. You know, Romeo. You know, I can't go for the role <laughs> of a 13-year-old uh, heartthrob, which is fine. That would be misbranding of that. Isaac Heaney looks like the villain in a high school movie and he plays really exciting football and he's a really nice guy and he needs to stop that. He needs to be a villain. Oh. Actually, because that tr- that's true. Villains get attention. It's like, yeah. you know, children when they're naughty, um, they're often doing it to get attention. So potentially Isaac Heating, maybe he doesn't want the attention, but should he? He should do well, villain. He, should he doesn't do have to be term. a Toby Green type villain and you know go punching people or dirty tricks. Maybe just um, maybe just put up some really controversial opinions on his social media. Like I would maybe just say, put up uh, something that's you know just blatantly wrong. Like he says, you know, uh, I always called a chicken parmi rather than a parma, <laughs> and just so we all turn on him. Just little <laughs> niggly. He says, you know, cheese twisties are better than chicken. Things that are obviously wrong. <laughs> Sorry, in no universe a chicken twist is better than cheese. We're see, have to see, have this. Isaac, this is the reaction you'll get. I'm sorry, we're going to have to take this to our other other pod, <laughs> our twisty pod. But like, that's just not true, and that's true. If he put out some just blatant, like what do they what do they used to call it, red flag, just issues like yeah. twisties, whatever. It then does, we can actually if you go have anti-vax or racism. Yeah, we, we don't act, just no, Isaac. No. Take some controversial food opinions. Yeah, controversial food opinions. Maybe he can say that Shay Diaz was a great character in and just like that either of you sex in the city fans no but, uh, that is going to appeal to a whole new audience and this is why we have you on one person listening you're welcome so who, who was shane diaz <laughs> oh i've taken it there now shay diaz oh shay diaz is a character in the new reboot of sex in the city oh, God. and just like that who was roundly Panned and many a meme was made about them. Are they like uh, the Poochie of Sex in the City? Oh, now I have no idea what that oh, means. I with Simpsons. a Simpson reference. <laughs> oh, oh my God, of course. Yeah, Sorry, Poochie. the fast is getting to me now. Yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, great. Right. Get- That's no, what I, I can't can do. I back, Absolutely get love your it. twisty thoughts out there and start going into bat for well-hated uh, sitcom <laughs> characters. Yeah. Like maybe say that uh, who else was a really annoying? You know when they replace characters in uh, in TV shows with other really annoying? Like uh. apparently, the, this, this, apparently it's called Cousin Ricky Syndrome and it's where like it's, it's from the Brady Bunch where they got – you know, some of the older kids weren't looking so cute, so they brought in a cousin for half a season. Yeah, Cousin Oliver. Cousin that's, Oliver, that's it. Yeah. Mm, and April and Gilmore Girls, which we'll discuss, Rana oh. and I now, Gilmore Girls <laughs> yeah. pod that we eventually do. But when April came along, like, oh. things took a real turn. Anyway, Isaac Heaney, this is how we could unlock your career for you. And well done, Swans, but also I feel like no, footy was the winner. North were competitive and didn't get absolutely flogged and the right team won in the end. So all good. And then moving on to a team, teams that just 
never don't never play a bad game against each other. Like West Coast and Collingwood games yeah. are forever good, and it is amazing footy magic because how do two different lineups all the time always play so well against each other? This was awesome, awesome, and even better. Collingwood lost at the MCG. Like oh, Collingwood <laughs> lost at Marvel, but in Melbourne, it was so it was so thrilling, so exciting. Willa Rioli back up and about. Aww. West Coast like a team of just like weird tradies and random replacements and oh, a couple yeah. of teams that we players that we know amazing i'll never not love watching josh kennedy just absolutely yeah. kick a bag although also again this is just becoming my resume because i do <laughs> a little bit of work with collingwood i now Hello. weirdly have a soft spot for them too <clears throat> I don't know what to do anymore. We need full disclosure. Who do you work for, Rana? This is like when you run for parliament, you've got to say who your conflicts (laughs) of interest are. So you you go for Melbourne, you worked for Richmond, you worked for Ben Simmons, you worked for Collingwood. Collingwood. Who else are you you on the books? I think I'm post Honestly, Mm. with all seriousness. Stop um, avoiding the question. Who do you work for? Spectre. I thought so. <laughs> Spectre and Chaos from Get Smart. Oh, yeah, Chaos. Chaos was good. They were good baddies. I think I am Chaos in the fandom conversation because it's, mm. this is too many. But, yes, I was thrilled with this game despite the loss for Collingwood, who I did hope would get up. But <laughs> I can't believe I'm who saying are that. You? I yes. know. Who am I, honestly? Um, but, no, it was just it, – it, It's like this game and the Geelong-Brisbane game, it just reminded me, because I am quite exhausted (laughs) at the moment post-AFLW, it just reminded me of what I love about this game. Yep. End-to-end goals. <laughs> I find that a bit, just just to, just to back up my, you know, the men uh, here, just, just were you surprised that we can actually play footy? <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm just surprised when there's unexpected, really close games. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just so much. Like, because I was saying before, like, we, like, Rana and I are talking about footy 12 months a year. And so, like, it sometimes you go, oh, all right. Like, if there's a, like, a Thursday night, like, I'm just, like, I don't have it in me to watch a flogging. And so, when I get an unexpected, like, great day of football, which Saturday was from the start to the finish, was just Wrong. awesome footy all day. Wrong. And I thought, oh, God, I love this game. Like, just <laughs> right. God, I love this game. And like, well done to them. Armstrong's arrow this week goes to a random talkback caller. I was listening to like a footy wash-up show on Sunday afternoon and um, <laughs> West Coast fan called talkback and like, good on them for sticking up for their team. But he's his arrow, his his argument was that Collingwood fans make it unpleasant to be at the football like he'd never seen Collingwood ever before. Like he was an alien from outer space that had come down and he was like, what's going on with these fans, right? And he was like, they're not know, great. they're so angry and they're booing all the umpiring decisions and they're booing all the stuff. And I'm like, excuse me, if a West Coast fan cannot ever complain about booing, that is like illegal. That's in the footy laws, in the guides that Tom Willis wrote, it is illegal for a West Coast fan yeah. to complain about booing. You, and if you don't start with, I know I can't say this because I'm a West Coast fan, but I didn't have a nice time at the football because Collingwood booed, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Bit I'll of self-awareness. Off many other opposition fans, but I can nev- I know as a Dogs fan I can never go them for, not- for a lack of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I won't do it. It's too hypocritical. That's right. Oh, I'm glad it you have. Like, you've got a good sense of ethics, then. <laughs> I've, I, I've, what I make up, what I lack in dental hygiene, I make up for in ethics. <laughs> I will say for West uh, West Coast, which wasn't um, didn't turn up on that day, but Elliot Yo is back, mm. but then got kicked in the head or something. I mean, welcome back to football. It's like when people like go away and they go, oh, this is much rougher than I thought. It's like, yeah. Also, yeah. you come with a whole lot of randoms. I mean, it could have been your own tank. Yeah. I was very thrilled to see him come back and then very alarmed that he was straight yeah. away injured. Yeah. Waterman, Waterman's got to have the best mullet at the moment, the most, because everyone's got a fashion mullet, right? But Waterman looks like he genuinely has a mullet. Like he just is like coming off the street from the pub. Um, and so he's the only one in the competitions actually pulling off the original mullet look, in my opinion. Everyone else's fashion mullet, Waterman nailing it. Am I allowed to not like 
at the risk of alienating Danny. <laughs> I'm Am I allowed to this. not like Bailey Smith's mullet? Do you I can, have no, to? you, you got to like the mullet. You're, not, you're allowed to not like his moustache. So okay, the mullet, okay. the mullets, yeah, that's illegal. I love Libba's moustache. Yes, all everything about Libba is wonderful. Agree. Bailey Smith's hair, I can't, I can't abide. Mm-hmm. But only that's because nice. I don't think it suits him as a person. What style would you have? Do you do like those things where you Photoshop different styles <laughs> onto <it? laughs> Find out what's his best look. <laughs> This is how I watch football, by the yeah. way. Love it. Love <laughs> it does it, your love hair it, love it. you while you're kicking a football around. Um, I think he could do I think he could do still long hair, but maybe just like up to the ears, not Ooh, like a Kurt Cobain. Yes, a Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Let's turn our attention, speaking of Bailey Smith, um to the one the best game in the round. Listen. <gasps> Knock around. I've got, page, was... I've got about 10 minutes of content um, about no, the Mighty Tigers and our beloved game. Now, I know that your team was inaccurate. And actually, I know, um, you know, speaking of footy self-awareness, I'm aware that even when we won three flags, I still thought we were a terrible team. So the entire game, <laughs> I still thought we were about to lose at any stage, despite the fact that you were unable to kick a goal. But you were so in the contest. Like, you can't say that that was a coaching issue or anything like that. Like, all of the matchups were perfect. It's just that my team kicked two ridiculous goals that summed up our night, that we could kick goals out of anything, and your team... Yes, um, was unable now to these, do that these, at all. Is this, is, this is obviously Shy Bolton's goal and Jack Revolt's talk. Yes. Unless yes. you're talking about the two of the worst 50-metre penalty <laughs> decisions, oh, which God. killed our momentum in the second quarter. <laughs> and even, like, I've never heard commentators be universal in slagging off the worst decisions ever, but they were the unification of the mm. Channel 7 commentary mm. team about how how those two undeserved goals were handed to you was actually quite inspiring it was yeah no I completely agree we we just kicked ourselves out of that game it was the ultimate metaphor for the difference between the eastern side of Melbourne and the western side of Melbourne (laughs) we were working hard we were blue collar (laughs) we were doing everything industriously and then the private school side would just have things handed to them it was it you you'd give that game an arts grant to show how (laughs) how the class struggle is. I mean, it's just terrible. And um, breaking news, actually, just about um, the Good Friday game this week, the Royal Children's Hospital have, ha- have actually requested that $500 be donated every time the Bulldogs kick a behind instead. <laughs> I mean, it would be lucrative. Oh, yeah. Excuse Man, me, we'll I just... Cure for cancer by the end of the match. <laughs> They'll finish the Good Friday appeal. <laughs> Yeah. They'll finish early. They'll Every too kid much money. Is suddenly, there is no sick kids left in the in the world. <laughs> you get a car, and you get a car. Yeah, <laughs> I love how you just explained how mentally weak the Bulldogs must be. That two random decisions in the second quarter meant that you were so unable to come back from that you couldn't get it together to win for the following two and a half quarters, um, which probably isn't a great. Uh, point for your year to come because you're just going to really need to deal with the umpires for once in the history of the league not going for the dogs which as we've discussed several times this year the umpires also train at Witten Oval they are part of your club and so the fact that two decisions didn't go your way I'm sorry Danny I'm sorry but can we talk about Shea Bolton's goal it's absolutely absolutely outrageous and I know Rana and I often just text each other just Shay in capitals with exclamation marks <laughs> and just on random Tuesdays, not even when he's playing. And so I was just so thrilled for him. He's playing amazing footy and just that goal just summed up everything. He's come so far. Amazing. He really has come so far. And he, when he started the club, like he's still quite a private and shy guy, but he was really shy, like just to the point where he would kind of sneak in and it's pronounced keep- Shay, for God's sake. <laughs> you don't even know your own players. <laughs> Just embarrassing. That really got me. <laughs> I love it. Can't come back from that. <laughs> oh, let's go to the next game. Frio Giants. Now, he, he was, Sam Hunt. Know, he, he, all I want to say is that he's come out of his shell beautifully and he's really come into his own and it's just a joy to watch and I feel like 
we've only just scratched the surface mm. with Shay, don't you reckon? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I loved, I won't talk about, talk about Jack's talk for just because we will move on because I actually like Danny and care about him quite a lot. But um, five games to go to. <laughs> Best thing was the umpire saying, "Okay, good luck." Yeah, like hey, hey, look at this. Here we go. How does that? How is that? Come on, and you have the audacity to it. say the dog, the umpires are on the dog side. He said it good like luck, Marsha Brady. Good luck, Mr. Revolt Dory. No, no, You'll no, get no. another turn. No. no, he said it like Marsha Brady. Like, good luck, Jen. It was like it was sassy as it all wasn't players to to be sassy at. You do not do that to Jack Revolt. He's of course going to then. Absolutely, make you look like yes. an idiot. I'll show you. I will good say, luck. with the Tigs, I weirdly still think that they can get to September and storm home. It's got a good mix, I think. The, still, the big difference for me has always been Dion Prestia, Kane Lambert. When they're out of the team, everything falls apart because they're those jigsaw piece puzzles pieces that just make our team work. And Dion back made a huge difference. Kane Lambert came back through the VFL, so once he comes back. Just just watch out. Now, the other game on that night, which I had mocked previously as being not as interesting as awesome. our game, was awesome. <laughs> Freo GWS was such a good game. Oh, and sorry, I, know I thought you meant the- Melbourne Victory versus Melbourne City. <laughs> <laughs> I had such FOMO because I was I sitting there would. raging at the Dogs-Tigers game and in my Melbourne Victory WhatsApp group, everyone's celebrating because the Kiwi Messi had scored a brace before halftime. Anyway, yeah, let's go back. Tom Green's goal. Something. Frio oh. V Giants, way better than Shea Bolton's. Goal of the oh, year, no, without a doubt. No, not true. But also amazing mm. to have two dual contenders for goal of the week. You know how they do the goal of the round. Mm. Um, two quite significant contenders in the same, like at the same moment. It was freakish. Tom Green is so good at football. No wonder everybody's talking about uh, trying to steal him every single year to the other clubs. But he looks pretty happy there. And JWS looked awesome. JWS is, uh, as we have discussed this episode, villain take. So they've always had Matt DeBoer, who's an excellent tagger, really gets in the faces of others. And now they've gone, oh, we're going to have another one, Lockie Ash. We're going to have two, two taggers who also their job is just to like cause chaos and actually die dominate the other team. They've got two of them. What a controversial attack. I love it. Yeah. And Toby Green is your vice captain. I mean, they are like <laughs> leaning in. You know you know the Giants lost, right, Tess? I was just going to say, there was a six-goal straight quarter. I know. <laughs> and that Freo. is true. But we will talk about Freo. Also, how annoying for the senior coaches. So a whole heap of senior coaches um, aren't actually at the ground at this mm. time because they've got COVID or they're close contact or whatever. And so wouldn't you be annoyed, like happy obviously, but like a bit annoyed when your team does really well when you're not there? But what am I? Chop liver. So Justin I- Longmuir has been away. Totally. And I think – um. Ben Ratton also had that for Essendon as yes. well. And I felt really sorry for him because they really needed this win and yes. it was Carousellas. We'll Absolutely. It. Anyway, Sean Darcy, ridiculous. He's like the least likely footy hero. I just love I love watching him play footy. He's an absolute <laughs> freak. And he just looks like the guy from the farm down the road or something like that. He's delightful. And, yeah, Freo, love him. I, don't, I can't help myself. I don't know why. My issue with this game was, uh, admittedly, I didn't watch it because I was watching the Dogs Tigers game, so I just watched the highlights on afl.com.au. Bit of a Russian roulette with the goal umpires in this one, mm. and I'm going purely on aesthetics here because there were, you had uh, Sally Boot. I think I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Who is the West Australian female goal umpire? Who I have admitted on this podcast that I have a bit of a crush on. She's gorgeous. She's I would I would yeah. No, nothing else I can say here that that's, that doesn't make me sound like a creepy old man. So, Love it. However, the other Hang goal on. umpire was Sam Hunter, who's, uh, you know, a, a bloke, and he he's grown this weird goatee, which makes him <sighs> look like an undercover cop trying to infiltrate the grunge scene in the mid-90s. <laughs> and when you're just watching highlights, you don't know which goal umpire you're going to get. It was so many great goals. I go, oh, there's Sally. Oh, she's gorgeous. Good on her. Uh, and then Sam, ah, why is this guy here? <laughs> why is the fill-in basis from Pearl Jam here? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> What's your plan? There's a lot of grunge content today. I absolutely love it, despite the fact that we're talking about the least grungy game that anyone has ever played in the world, which is private schools AFL. Who was, sorry, who was that second umpire, Danny? Uh, the, the bloke, Sam Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. Sounds just like my type, really. I'm Googling now. Yeah, yeah, Ryan is like, just watch you know the highlights. Bailey Smith should look like Sam Hunter. Like, who should cut his hair like that? It's like, uh, it's like an Adonis, a young Adonis. Should 
get a dodgy mode, great goatee. Um, Sunday. So Saturday was just excellent, wall to wall. I know the Freo game ended up being a weird scoreline, but it was, it did feel a lot closer than that. Yeah. Sunday, absolute belter. Essendon, Adelaide, two up and coming teams, both young, both don't, they're both in the process of doing what Melbourne did, which is rewriting their history. Um, absolutely amazing really quite phenomenal and i was really happy weirdly this is like what's weird i was so happy to see the essendon fans up and about at the end of the game and i thought yeah, what is weird. wrong with me because when i saw that like huge like in slow motion them all arms in the air i just thought, oh god i love this game i love that feeling that exhilaration when your team does the unexpected and footy's better when all the teams are kind of in it totally i i'm dying to see Essendon succeed because they have been languishing. I will die. So I will die. When <laughs> I just, oh, I really, I really hope for them. I don't know why. Been Runner, I know that I know Ramadan is one of the pillars <laughs> of your religion, but you really need a drink of water. I'm, I'm worried for you. I've his love at the moment, except weirdly for Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. <laughs> You really copped it. Right, you need to get water. on a plane to like New Zealand where it's already night time so you can eat. I think I'm cooked. I'm clearly I'm cooked. No, I think Essendon, they clearly deserve this win because they've had some terrible games after the first few rounds and I just, I just loved, I don't know, I honestly can't put it into words why I loved seeing it, but I did. Just terrible for a podcast really. Um, no, it was good. I, it just felt good. I, yeah. I think- I'm glad the neutrals liked it because I don't know a single Bombers fan that watched it. I mean, there was I was t- chatting, you know, I was texting a few, and I go, "Did you watch?" You go, "No, I couldn't even bring myself to put it on. I'll oh. watch the replay now." They just feel. I think a lot of Bombers fans mm. think they're the jinx. Oh, oh no. yeah. they, they've got a lot of fans, so that um, a lot of them were there. They clearly didn't think they were the jinx, but also maybe that's worked for them. So the issue for those people is that they can never watch again. Yeah. And if anything, you have, to, you have to buy 17 other Guernseys and go cheer actively <laughs> against them. Because there was a guy who did that for Richmond in 2017. Oh, he started hard. just wearing the opposition's Guernseys and, oh it, and it worked. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. I missed the start of that game and I didn't see what happened when Tex ran out. Did you catch any I of that? I didn't see what happened. And, I yeah, I know Adelaide ended up apologising. I just I really don't want to give a lot of time to Tex Walker when we're talking about villains of the game. But, like, for Adelaide to be like, cool, guys, he's back. Our big Tex is back. And then all of the replies on those posts that said, sorry, what's he, what's he back from? What's he back from? <laughs> was the best. It was the most gentle, excuse us, um, what's he back from? Maybe just let him come back and quietly do the work in the background. We don't have to make a big to-do. And we've talked about this a lot with coverage of the games where commentators and people that are doing the social medias feel like they need to overcompensate if a player's in trouble. So all the years that Dugowie's been in trouble, the commentators overcompensate. So every time he gets it, they're like, he's a superstar. He's the best player I've ever seen. It's Jordan Dugowie. He's got the field, of course, but you can't argue with his results. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they mention the off-field. They just go overcompensating, trying to make it okay to talk about him. And I'm like, you don't have mm. to do that. The world will tell us whether it's okay or not. But, yeah, I didn't see um, – and I don't even know how he went, really. I didn't even check his individual stats. He could have won like, the game at the end, but he, uh, he stuffed mm. up his shot at goal, uh, which just proves it is hard to come back from racism. You need to have a run <laughs> in the twos and everything. I believe his injury was Sindus racist. <laughs> Out racist. Um, he's still recovering from that um, part of his personality. So, anyway, well done, Bombers. Do you, Amazing. Tess, do you reckon yes. when Dimmer Hardwick watches the Bombers, he's sitting there going, oh, yep, that's mine and that's mine and with truck and 100%. Para. There's got to be a lot of that, surely. Yeah. And, like, really they do play a similar style. Yeah. Like, they do, and it must be exciting for him. Also, must be um, – weird for him because like us he probably barracks for them (laughs) (laughs) love to see them do well but yeah honestly I think that's why I like when when Essendon have their game going well I love to see it because I've seen it before and that's actually really fun football like if you can do it good for them and And they're doing it without merit you can see it a little bit in Collingwood's game now this season. Yep. It's starting to be a little baby. bit more fun to watch. Exactly. Turns out um, they've stolen all our people, <laughs> but it's good for football. So I think that's all right. I think I'm all right with it. Now, the um, second of third games that led us down this week 
in terms of being close, um, was Hawthorne St Kilda. Now, for the for the Hawks, there was an amazing, like, ridiculous mark by Mitch Lewis, which uh, he goes up, like, on his – he's, like, sideways in the air with one hand. Mm. He taps it to his other hand in the middle of a pack and marked it. It was an amazing specky. And apart from that, that was about the only good thing that <laughs> happened for Hawthorne all day that – the Saints were amazing. The Saints turned it on. Their game started working really well together. They've they've kind of mucked around with their positioning. Bradley Hill is forward mm. and he is amazing. He's kicked four goals. And it was wonderful to see the Saints playing really good football. And I was happy for Brett Rutten because I don't want him to have to go and St Kilda to have to start again. I want it to work for them and it really did work, really I'm did work. I'm also happy for um, Jordan. Ja- Jordan. Jared Ruffin. Just because you love St. Collingwood so much. <laughs> talk about them all the time. Terrible. It's embarrassing. Um, Jared Ruffhead, because he clearly, I think, is having an impact there and it's lovely to see it now translate into points. Right, I know you're filling, in for, well, you're filling in for Limo. It doesn't mean you have to <laughs> parrot his opinions. But I will Ruffin. say I like to think that I'm a good person, but I am not because <laughs> Hawthorne losing makes me... So happy. Oh, and you know it is, what? it's improved, Rana, by, by seeing <laughs> Sam Mitchell looking angry. That's, that's a, you know, he's a great villain. He was a great villain. He He's what Isaac Heaney should be aspiring to because he looks like a blonde high yeah. school movie villain Cobra Kai type. So seeing oh, him angry, yeah. post-match yeah. conference, I've watched it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it, like... I know it sounds harsh, but I've talked about this before, which is why I'm weird that I feel weird that I was happy that Essendon won. But whoever was good for the bulk of your childhood, you can never come over. Like North Melbourne, like I don't care. Like I'm like whatever. You've had a good run, but they had a good run like 20 years ago. I just have no. (laughs) My football watching memory is just like extremely long, and like Hawthorne, I'm like no, no, no. I'm sorry. And they're going to come in for the AFLW. They're doing so well. Beck Goddard, who will be on the pod soon, is full time. She's working alongside Sam Mitchell. Like they are going to be villains. A hundred percent. They are. So don't feel too sorry for them, listener. I don't have any sympathy for them. They are absolutely going to be fine. And good good job, Saints. They've beaten us. Amazing. They've beaten, they've just, like, they're showing they can do it. Just please, for the love of my family and football, don't stuff it up. Just, like, don't. Can you just come good and just be good for once hey, in your Saints life? Saints-Suns next week, match of the round. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> the king off. Um, so, speaking of the Suns, amazing. They were yeah. awesome. Like, they Who truly. saw this coming apart from every single Carlton fan? We on the Patreon pod last week said it would be there would be nothing more Carlton than them losing this game, and they really lived up to the moment. And I know Patrick Cripps was out, but I'm sorry. It's no mm. pit net. No blues because they're Ruckman. It was where they lost it in the Ruck. They were that missing their Ruckman. They were missing Crips. I mean, that is a massive core of their game and their style, to be fair to them. But really, and the Suns were awesome. They were up and about. Marbior, beloved Marbior, couldn't be more thrilled to see him doing well because we really, we, I love you, Marbior. Come back to Derek <laughs> as well. I'm so happy for him. He's with his family. He's like living it up. He's getting a go he looks every week. Really happy, and he looks yeah, so happy. he's getting a game every week. He seems a little bit more confident and just kind of up and about, which I'm so thrilled to see. Um, I really, I mean, of course, we all expected Carlton to win, but it felt a little bit sadder because of the form that they've had. Yep. He just made me feel like, oh, okay, I <sighs> thought we were there with you, Carlton. So I was really strong on Carlton preseason that they were going to have an amazing season. So now I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I, I think it's a blip. I mean, I don't know. I think it is a huge issue when you've had the big highs and then you go interstate. There may be a mentality where you're like, oh, we've got this, and then you lose Crips, then you lose your rock, and then you think, oh, actually, we haven't got this. You're playing at an unfamiliar ground. I don't know. And the Suns are, I think, a better team than the last week showed us. Like they have been actually quite competitive all year. Mm. And so last week against the Giants might have been their blip. They got tagged, you know, Toot Mill was tagged out of the game last week and this week he just went for it. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah. it's very at what Carlton. point do we get, at what point can we be definitive about whether Michael Voss is a good coach or not? <laughs> <laughs> when do we get uh, to make that call? God. So he missed finals. one week for COVID. No, they must make finals, right? It's winning a final, surely. Yeah, yeah you've got to win a final. Got to win a because, final. Gee. All right, yeah. Michael Voss, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Never misses it. 
Maybe he, he just tanked the against Gold Coast because he's actually a uh, he's a mole for AFL Queensland. Oh, oh, love it as a theory. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, Michael Voss is just doing what what's good for football for the national game. Anyway, well, Carlton um, will be right. They've got the bye next week. They're playing Port. Do you know what I think actually shows that Michael Voss is a good coach? Is that he left Port Adelaide and Port Adelaide have just fallen to pieces without <laughs> him. And that actually makes a difference. Like he was he was clearly an amazing and significant part of their coaching staff and he's no longer there mm. and ooh, look out world. So go Blues, I guess, for them. Um, that's it. We've talked about a lot of footy. We've talked about a grand final. So sorry this has gone on for a long time, but grand final week you've got to talk about a granny. Yeah. Um, and Danny, you know, bad luck in the Armstrong again Lake Cup. <laughs> I'm super smug about having been the best. And now you just have to beat North Melbourne on <laughs> Friday. If you don't beat North Melbourne, what are you going to do? Uh, drink heavily. Um, mm. maybe, maybe do a full Jesus and wipe myself out on Friday and not rise, <laughs> rise till Sunday. Is that what, is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It, yeah, this it's is big, my blood. Have you ever tasted buffet. that? It's pure alcohol. It's like wine running through his veins. He's... He's plastered 24-7. Okay, now I'm converting. Oh, hey, oh yeah. God, yeah. yeah. I, I test. I just remember my other joke. Um, the Bulldogs have given up kicking straight for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, one day we're going to do our side side hustle religion pod. I don't want to talk about the feeling of getting to drink wine as like a child. Like when <sighs> it was like in the, in the, I was like, oh, yeah. man, what the hell is going on? Like when you were allowed to start drinking the blood um, of Christ, look our world. Life really <laughs> opened up. Um, that's what turns out religion does for you. Now, Rana, keep enjoying the festivities. Please keep updating us about Ramadan because watching you break the fast every night makes me starving because you, you just like absolutely have the most amazing menus and amazing array of stuff every night. And so good luck tonight. Enjoy Thank it. You. Yep, Thank I'm you so sorry much. That you didn't get to have water. My baby's woken up. Oh, hello. Oh, he's yes. do- he's annoyed that the dogs didn't win. Oh. Um, good on you, so Good on him. Anyway, love to you both. Go, go, Tigers. Go, dogs. Oh, go, Patty. You can say go, D's if you like. Go, Patty. I was saying go, Patty. Go, D's. the biggest sleep ever. Ah. Oh. 